everyone. I'm Kim Bremer, your host today for another edition of Bova News, keeping you up to date on the cattle industry's latest in technology, management, genetics, and more. We have a great webinar planned for you today. Whether it's leading major global companies, conducting research in advanced dairy technologies, engaging with producers in a sales function, or managing dairy operations, women play an important role in critical positions throughout the dairy industry. But that hasn't always been the case and women who have reached leadership positions have had to overcome obstacles to get where they are today. In this webinar, you're going to hear from four women who've created successful careers in the dairy industry as they share their stories and advice on how they got to where they are today. Our first presenter is Joan Lau. She's the Director of Global Marketing at CMEX, located at the company's headquarters in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Born and raised on a Holstein farm in Reedland, Iowa, Joan received her Bachelor of Science degree from Iowa State University in Agriculture Journalism and Dairy Science. Prior to joining CMEX in 1997, she worked in advertising and promotion roles for the Minnesota and Wisconsin Holstein Associations, as well as with Worldwide Sires in Alta Genetics in California. Joan leads a global marketing team with strategic planning, execution and analysis. She's responsible for corporate branding and trademarking and provides support to global distributors and is a member of the senior management team. Thanks for joining us today, Joan. Well, thank you, Kim. Uh, thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me as one of the panelists here at Bova News. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to share my story with other women. Um, as Kim mentioned, I'm a native Iowan. Uh, I went to Iowa State University. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, we had about 100 Holstein cows, and that was probably the start of my, my passion and journey to be an agriculture advocate. I consider myself a marketer, uh, a casual photographer, um, a lifelong learner, and now I'm a Canadian resident. Um, a little bit about my career journey. Um, as I mentioned, I'm an Iowa State University graduate, proud of that, with a, a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture Journalism and Dairy Science. From there, I first job in Minnesota, working for the Minnesota Holstein Association. Then I jumped over the border and I worked for the Wisconsin Holstein Association for five years. And I had the opportunity to move to California, working for Worldwide Sires, uh, in global marketing, uh, working with distributors around the world. And from there, came to Canada. I'm working in Guelph, Ontario, just over the border from Detroit, basically, um, and working for CMEX. So my career journey has taken me to three states and a province, and uh, I'll get to that a little bit uh, later in a couple more slides here. As Kim mentioned, uh, my role at CMEX is varied. I've been here for 23 years and every day is different. Um, you know, I look after the branding at CMEX, uh, keeping that in the forefront uh, globally, working on all the corporate marketing initiatives. Uh, we have about 110 distributors around the world. So I provide support to those distributors. We have a staff of about 10, um, in our marketing department, so I manage that department. And I'm a member of the senior management team here at CMEX. 
So when people ask me, how did I progress through uh, my career? How do you grow your career? Um, I want to say it's, it's fairly simple. It has been fairly simple to me. Um, and here are just four points that I pulled out. Uh, one, exceed what's expected of you. Uh, go into a project and do your best, but try to exceed what everyone is expecting of you. And be that person that everybody wants on their team. Provide some value that no one else can uh, provide and, and be the one that uh, they want to have on your team. And never say no, it's not in my job description. Um, I've always found that that's how I've had growth in my career is to do things that are maybe uncomfortable to me, um, not in my wheelhouse, but never say that it's not my job description and take the risk. And that uh, kind of reflects back to my career journey. Um, moving from Iowa to Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then to California, I met so many different people, different cultures, different ways of doing business. Um, so take that, take that risk. And I wanna say success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. You know, the years really fly by, and when you're busy, um, they go even faster, but you'll look back and, and you'll look at your success. So how do you advocate for women? You know, everyone has a part to play in that. And for me, I try to lead by example. I encourage my team to take risks. Um, I do the hard jobs, I, and we all do them well. Um, I give credit where credit is due, and I take the responsibility when things go wrong. Another way is I, I advocate for my team. Um, I pr push them to do new things. Um, I raise the bar, and then I help them to get there. And mentoring is an important part um, of my career and to help others. And I look out for those that are starting their careers, but also those that are mid-career, um, looking for a change, and also for those that um, are too shy to toot their own horn. Uh, we look out for them, uh, we help them along the way. Um, that's the part I try to play advocating for women. And this next visual is uh, pictures of strong women that I've had the opportunity to work with, to grow with. Uh, I continue to work with their friends, their colleagues. Um, they are business owners, uh, researchers, uh, fellow marketers, even competitors. Um, I think it's important to have that tribe of women around you where you, you can mentor them, but I also learned a lot from some of the young staff that come, come on board. Uh, so it goes both ways. And I, I just have a quote here from one of my favorite women, uh, Michelle Obama. Success isn't about how much money you make, it's the difference you make in people's lives. I think that that's really important to, to keep in mind as you go through your career. And when you look for a company to join, um, I'm, I'm just noting here some of the values that the companies I've worked for that I thought were important when it comes to women and their careers are companies that are all inclusive. They give equal access to opportunities to men and women in the company. They promote lifelong learning. I think it's really important for, for women to have personal and professional development and 
be with a company that encourages that. And also I, I'm finding uh, great value and enjoyment um, in community support. Um, our organization at CMEX supports organization that, organizations in the community that provides resources and professional development to women, um, women helping other women. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really important and it's enjoyable for me now in my career. And I just want to close here, um, as I'm probably one on this panel that's at the more towards the end of my career than beginning my career. Um, this quote is kind of reflects on that. It's a job is how you make money, but a career is how you make your mark. Um, I, that resonates to me. And I hope, you know, someday I'll look back and say, uh, I, I made a mark um, with my career. So thank you. Thank you, Kim, for having me. Okay, thank you so much, Joan. Next up, we have Peggy Coffeen. Peggy is an editor for Progressive Dairy Magazine, a national publication and media company that reaches the most progressive-minded dairies across the U.S. and Canada. She covers the Midwest region, and in addition to coordinating content and co-hosting the Progressive Dairy podcast, she's been in the agri agriculture communications field for more than 15 years. Peggy holds a degree in agriculture journalism from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. In addition to her journalism career, Peggy and her husband Kevin own a small farm, Overland Acres, in De Pere, Wisconsin, where they raise registered Holstein and red and white show cattle. They're licensed industrial hemp growers and create a farm-to-consumer experience with their line of homegrown, hemp-based health and wellness products called Pre-CBD. They have four children who share a love for show cattle and participating in agriculture-related activities. Welcome to the show today, Peggy. Thank you, Kim, and what an honor it is to be among this lineup of women. Thank you for the invitation. Um, to just give a little bit of background, and you can um, take a look at the slides that I'm sharing here, uh, but I'll tell you a little bit about my story and uh, how it brought me to where I am today with my career in agriculture journalism. Uh, so the beginning, growing up on a small dairy farm in Greene County with my parents, I'm Craig and Alice Derricks, and I was raised by a really strong woman. Um, in fact, my mother ran a farm by herself um, for a very long time before she was even married and really passed on to me this belief that there was no such thing as man's work or woman's work. There was just work and it had to be done. And um, that was something my mom really instilled in all of us growing up. And I think that is part of what I brought with me as I forged a career for myself in the dairy industry um, and never really looked at what a woman could or couldn't do. But a lot of those experiences that I had growing up probably are shared by some of the folks that are going to be watching this webinar, um, showing cattle, uh, being involved in organizations like 4-H, FFA, the Junior Holstein Association, um, all of those things that kind of, for many of us, shape our youth. And if I had to really look back on those experiences um, and also my experience of being an agriculture journalism student at UW-Madison, I pulled out three things that really prepared me for the career that I ended up going into. Um, number one, Dairy Quiz Bowl. And some of you may have participated in that that as a youth yourselves, uh, but that was really a foundational program, uh, but not just because of the knowledge that it instilled, but 
also the camaraderie and the amazing coach that I had growing up. Um, her name was Marcy McCullough, and she really just um, just really pushed us, encouraged us, and gave us a platform to want to grow and learn and share that knowledge. And so many of those things that I learned in Quiz Bowl years ago are things that I use in my career every single day. It kind of provided this broad blanket of agriculture and dairy knowledge. And those are the little bits and pieces that I uh, go back to on a daily basis as an editor for Progressive Dairy Magazine. Um, another one of those things that prepared me for this career. If you were a UW-Madison agriculture journalism or life science communications graduate, you may have also taken a class with a teacher um, or a, an adjunct professor whose name was Mike Flaherty. And uh, he was tough. And he was probably one of the first people that I had ran into um, throughout all of my schooling that really challenged my writing. Um, Writing was always something that came very easily for me, and he pushed me to be better. Uh, he taught a news writing class at UW, and it was one of those classes where, um, you know, it, I didn't like I didn't like it all the time, but I know that I became a better writer from participating in it. Uh, and then the third thing that prepared me for a career in agriculture journalism. Um, were really just uh, internships and freelance projects um, that some of them came my way and some of them I sought out. Uh, but what happens is that when, when you have a passion for something and you start putting a few feelers out for it, um, some of the projects start to come to you too, because as you demonstrate your skill set, uh, people are, you know, people start to notice. And I was really, really fortunate that I had some key mentors in the agriculture communications field. These were women that, um, that just reached out and and pulled me up and lifted me up and gave me opportunities. I look back and I recall that through an internship that I had with what was Alto Dairy Cooperative at the time and Karen Endress, uh, who was our supervisor there for the internship. And what a role model for women. Um, she was a mom at the time with a couple young kids and she was already starting to do some work from home, which you know back at that time wasn't something that that people did. Um, obviously, it's much different today, but she was really a pioneer in the field of balancing work and mom, motherhood and family life. And I'm really thankful for that example that she set um, in the time that I worked as an intern for her. And another one that reached out was um, Brenda Murphy, um, who is with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin now, but was an editor at the Agriview newspaper at the time. And she gave me my first, some of my first freelance writing projects. And, uh, and that really, it was something that just kind of gave me the experience and the confidence to keep pursuing writing as a career. Uh, and then another mentor that I had Nancy Kevazanjan, uh, who worked for the Corn Growers Association and the Soybean Growers, and another woman, too, who just passed on opportunities for me to learn and grow um, through working trade shows and through helping out at events and, um, and also handed me off some writing opportunities that, that really just set the stage uh, for the career that I ended up going into um, and to kind of take the next steps and what that career path looked like. So I graduated from UW in 2006 and uh, my first job out of college was actually in Northeast Iowa managing a dairy foundation there. Um, but uh, Wisconsin called me back home and 
I moved to the Green Bay area um, a year later and worked for the Dairy Business Association here for a few years um, and then also spent a little bit of time working for a company called Skyline. And those of you in agriculture marketing know Skyline because it's the company that makes the trade show displays. And so I did that for, um, for a year as I was looking to really settle my roots down in this area and try and find the right opportunity to um, to use my communication skills. Uh, but luckily, luckily, I also found an open door back to AgriView and, um, and became a dairy and livestock editor for that publication. And so here again, this was an opportunity where a lot of people weren't working remotely at the time. Um, but because of some of the relationships I built with the past through AgriView, uh, they were willing um, to open up that door for me to work remote from the Green Bay area, even though they were based in Madison. So I've been working from home ever since um, for the last oh, about 12 years or so. Uh, but uh, when I look back on being a kid, and I thought, what would be the best career in the entire world? I thought someday if I could be an editor for AgriView, the Wisconsin AgriView newspaper, that I would have it. I would have it made. That was the bar that that I had set, and uh, and so I ended up being in that position by the time I was about thirty or so, um, or maybe a little bit before. And uh, and then and then the next opportunity. Um, called. And that was to join the team at Progressive Dairy um, to take the step up um, to be a part of something national, something international, um, something even bigger. And so I've been an editor of Progressive Dairy ever since. And uh, I specifically chose this magazine cover to share through, for this conversation um, because it embodies everything that my career is. And um, some of you may know this woman and recognize her, Jamie Pagel, um, that's on the cover. Uh, but being able to tell the stories um, of the dairy industry and not just the news stories, but the heart and soul of our dairy farmers, that is what lights my fire. And that is my why for being in this career um, in agriculture journalism. And uh, so that that cover just really embodies everything that um, that I have strived to not just, you know, not just, I don't want to say achieve, but really just feel and make other people feel with the work that I do for Progressive Dairy. Um, and outside of my career, um, with Progressive Dairy. Our family is involved in quite a few other dairy activities. So, um, so we have four children. Um, our oldest two, Colton and McKenna, are kind of getting towards the end of their show career, but um, we've had many, many years of raising cattle and showing as a family and some really fun times doing that. Um, and those two have also been really involved in our Junior Holstein Association and Dairy Quiz. Um, so it's been really fun to just watch them learn and grow. And both of them um, are also pursuing agriculture careers. So that's exciting as um, they are now 19 and 21 years old. Um, but uh, that also leads me to our Brown County Junior Holstein Association, which was something that I started when the kids were interested in that about, oh gosh, probably six or seven years ago now. Um, we didn't have a program at all in the county at that time. And now we have an incredible group of kids and parents that love cows and cannot get enough of the knowledge. And it feeds back into that little fire that um, that I've always had for Dairy Quiz Bowl. Um, so that's kind of one of our fun activities. Um, and then 
Also, uh, I know I mentioned this in the introduction a little bit, but we're diversified. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we um, got our license to grow industrial hemp for the production of CBD. And um, I ended up taking that and uh, producing our own product line of things that come right from our farm. Uh, and really what this has done for me um, in relation to my career in dairy communications and, and journalism is it helps me to really know more of what it's like to be in the shoes of a dairy farmer who's trying to communicate to the general public, um, who's doing a farm to consumer product, who's doing tours and hosting people and creating that not just a product, but putting a face to a product and creating an experience around it. Um, so it, this this little niche um, is very much my creative outlet, uh, but it also really helps me to put myself um, in the shoes of producers that are doing things like this to add value to the products and looking for direct to consumer market opportunities for their products from their dairies as well. Um, and I know I mentioned our two big kids, but we have two little guys too. So Carter is six and Cashton is three. And as you can see, they love cows and they have a lot of fun with them. Um, so our years of showing cattle probably aren't over anytime soon <laughs> um, because these little guys are pretty excited to get in there and get dirty, which is one of the things they do best. Um, and I want to close out with a quote that someone told me once uh, that I really just tried to embed. Um, you know, I think oftentimes there's a lot of people that will give you advice and, uh, and there's plenty of it out there. All you have to do is ask, uh, but only take advice from the people who already are where you want to be. And, uh, and with that, I'll close it out. Thank you, Peggy. Our next presenter for you today is Kelly Cull. Kelly and her husband, Tom, are partners with Tom's father, John, at Bud John Farms in Lomira, Wisconsin. The Culls milk a combination of Holsteins, red and whites, and jerseys in their 65 cow tie stall and box stall barn. In addition, they raise over 200 head of young stock along with farming 500 acres of land. Kelly's a 1996 graduate of the University of Wisconsin River Falls and was part of the national winning collegiate judging team in 1995. She was then on the road for seven years in the AI industry prior to returning to the farm full-time in 2003. Kelly's highly involved in the daily operations at Bud John, including being the young stock manager, uh, involved in employee relations, accounting, and working closely with their showstring, both at home and at the shows. And Kelly's no stranger to being a judge in the ring. She was a 2016 associate judge for the World Dairy Expo Junior Show, the judge for the All-American Junior Show and the All-American Jersey Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, along with judging the Mideast Fall National, the National Jersey Jug Futurity, and several local, state, and district shows. Welcome to the show today, Kelly. Thank you, Kim. Um, it is my honor and pleasure to be a part of this panel today. The ladies who are on here including uh, Laura Demmer, who was at our, our invitation person, I'll say, uh, from Bova News. You know, I want to thank and say I, I'm honored to be a part of this panel. Um, so I guess we'll start with who I am and what is my story. Um, I think the biggest thing about me is my background and how did I get to be where I am today. A lot of different hats I do wear. Uh, I am a very proud wife. I'm a, I'm a farm owner. Um, I have a true love and passion for showing cows. I'm a team leader, a 
with my employees, uh, both at the farm and when we go to the shows. Um, I have a true love for calves. I am a friend and a business partner to many, and I have a true love for the outdoors. So with that, I'll give you a little bit of my background in terms of how did I get to where I am today. And I think with the modest and humble beginnings that I have had, I think that um, it makes me live a life of, added, of gratitude and um, humility that I think goes along with the business that we're in. I was born and raised on a registered brown Swiss farm in central Minnesota. We milked about 40 cows and we ran just under 200 acres of land. It was basically my mom and dad and I, and I agree with what Peggy has said that when the work was to be done, it was to be done, no matter if my dad did it, my mom or myself. Um, I grew up with a very strong mom in terms of, she taught me how to back up a trailer. She taught me how to drive a stick shift and she taught me how to drive a tractor and she led by example. Uh, and so with that, I have the background in terms of there really wasn't anything I couldn't do, learn how to do or try to do it with a lot of hard work and passion. With my humble and modest beginnings, you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. I think that when you have to work hard for your dollar and I think that when you, you know, Every day you try to do the very best for your business. Um, when you grow up having to do it yourself and doing it all of it yourself with your parents, um, I think that that changes you and it molds you into the person that you are today. I grew up showing in 4-H and FFA. And I think one of the biggest things doing both of those and my combination of high school sports, it taught me to be a competitor, but it taught me to be a good competitor in terms of, you know, when we lost, you still shook their hand and said, good job. When we won, we celebrated behind closed doors because they were also, you know, upset that that team lost or whatever the case was. Personally, I'm a person that um, I'm not going to be an in your face kind of person if we if we win or if my if I personally win, but I definitely would like to share it with others. And I always feel that I was surrounded by people who helped me get to that point. Uh, like Kim said, I'm a graduate of UW-Wisconsin River Falls. Um, we judged, did a lot of judging. And in 1995, we were very lucky to have won uh, the collegiate contest at World Dairy Expo. With that being said, that kind of gave me a true passion for judging and working with people in terms of, you know, deciding on physical confirmation of their animals and so forth, and working with people in terms of, you know, yes, you won, but maybe you were third, and how can you do better to get into that first place position? When I grew up with our brown Swiss, we did not have the best brown Swiss at all. You know, it was pretty normal for me to be middle to end of the class. And that just put a fire in my belly to do better. How can I do better? How can I be on top of the class? How can I have a better, you know, do better in showmanship or do better in fitting? And that was one thing that kind of, you know, really sparked my interest in terms of learning how to do things by myself. And I'm very self-taught, you know, when I was a senior in high school, I set a goal for myself 
that I wanted to win our county, state, and World Dairy Expo Showmanship Contest. And honestly, I did all three that year. I was the first woman to ever win the World Dairy Expo Showmanship Contest with the fitting and the showmanship combination. And P.S., Tom was third. <laughs> and he actually clipped right next to me that year when we had heifers tied to the trailer and we didn't know each other at all. So that's kind of a nice little food for thought. But uh, anyway, um, it was it was something that I'm a big goal setter. I still do it with my team today. Tom and I set goals for our farm and our business, you know, whether it's financial goals, personal goals, um, employee goals, and so forth. Um, a couple of years ago, I had some, you know, personal um, challenges and I had both of my hips replaced within a 10 month period at the age of 45. Um, that was definitely a wake up call in terms of, you know, where was my health going to go? Um, was I going to continue to be able to work on the farm? And how was I going to feel afterwards? And honestly, having them both on was probably the best thing that's ever happened to my life other than meeting my husband, Tom, of course. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it because I lived in pain for a very long time and going through that, that now it also has shaped me to be a very physically stronger person and knowing my limitations on the farm. I'm very proud of our farm. Um, Tom and I have built what I believe is a beautiful facility from the inside and the outside. And I mean that with all due humility. I, I think the outside of our facility is great, but I think once you are employed by us and work for us, you will understand what drives us and motivates us. Um, we have a true love and passion for showing. We both showed up showing cattle. And, you know, Tom didn't grow up with very, I'll say he grew up with very humble animals as well as I did. Um, he wasn't always the winner. He wasn't, he definitely grew up wanting to do better just like I did. And I think that's what, you know, sparked our relationship is that we both have a work ethic and a want and need to do our very best, whether it's our own animals or for our boarding business and our clients. I think if you were to ask me maybe 10 years ago or five years ago, am I doing what I want to do and do I love it? You bet. I love what I do. I love feeding calves. I, I love farming. Um, yeah, for sure it comes with its challenges. There's no doubt about that. But it also comes with a lot of rewards too. And we are very, very blessed with the type of farm that we have in terms of, you know, we have basically taken showing and made a business out of it. Um, and with that, you know, we're very proud of, of, the, of the integrity of our business and, and what we have done with it. I do have to do a shout out to uh, my father-in-law, John, and, and my, my past mother-in-law, Mary, who has since deceased. Um, I don't think, I know for sure we would not be in the position that we are in if it was not for them. Um, they have provided Tom and I the support, whether it's financial or mental or whatever the case is, to, to have Bajan Farms today. Um, and so with that, I will always be very grateful for them. So the question is, when we look to hiring people here at the farm, you know, one of the things that sits in my head, whether it's male or female, but certainly female, is are you a warrior? And I mean that with all due respect. I think it all 
starts here by hiring the right person. Um, this, not, this job at our farm is not for the faint of heart. You have to have a love and a grit and wanting to work with good cows every single day. You know, some days are better than others, just like any other farm, but certainly um, we don't settle for mediocrity here. So our level of expectation and accountability is very high. Um, when we hire, people know that coming into it. I've always told all my employees or my interview people that this is not a job, it's a career choice. This isn't just, oh, I'm gonna come work on a farm. You know, we're a different type of farm. We're a niche farm. And you have to have a love for, for what we do and understand it really. I do not let my female employees play the girl card. And what I mean by that is, you know, I work with my employees every single day. I, you know, yesterday I helped bed maternity pens. I was on the skid loader. I was pushing shavings around. And, you know, they see me do it and I expect them to do it as well. I will wash tails. I will scrub box stall walls. I will get up and milk. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that things run smoothly and that my employees are, you know, well taken care of, that they have their time off too. And if I have to put in a few extra hours for that, so be it. I do believe women have the mental and physical capabilities in the dairy industry as any man does. Um, I think one of the things we do as females is if we can't uh, do it by ourselves physically, we're going to go ask another employee just to give us a hand. And that's where I think our team uh, or oriented uh, environment comes from here at the farm. And I think mentally, if, if I can't find the answer, I'm going to go search it and I'm going to figure it out. And maybe I don't always ask Tom or maybe I do, but Maybe he doesn't have the answer either, but I am gonna figure it out in one way or the other. I do believe that uh, there is a takeaway from every challenging scenario that comes up at the farm. And I'm all about communicating that with my employees. Um, I don't ever wanna browbeat my employees. I think that when we have challenges, when it's time, we'll sit down and discuss how it went, when things went well, I think it's good for them to know they went well. And if things didn't go well, what can we do better next time? I believe in paying my employees well in terms of, I like you to be the woman who pays your own bills. I don't want you to um, not have a good quality of life when you're working for me. I want you to have time off and I want you to be able to afford whether you have an apartment or a nice vehicle and make life you know, enjoyable. I do believe you need to be confident with your skill set, and I also believe that you need to be authentic, whether it's me with me as an employer or with the team that you work with. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're having a bad day or you're not feeling well, or if you have some family issues going on or whatever the case is, I definitely want my employees to feel that they can come to me at any time and we can discuss it and work through it. There's one thing anybody who knows Tom and I know that we are very understanding people as long as we understand the scenario and we can work through it as employers. One of the things that I have in our break room um, is there's a small wood plaque whenever they come in and clock in for the day and clock out. And that wood plaque says, wake up, kick ass and repeat. And I think that's very important at Budjan. In terms of how you know, Tom and I lead, and especially myself being a female, 
I think this next slide encapsulates all of that. And that is leadership is not a position or a title, it is action and example. And that is for sure Tom and I. And when we were blessed enough to win 2017 Supreme Champion uh, at World Dairy Expo, Tom and I were the first ones up that morning. Um, he was he was in the bar. I don't even know if he slept that night before, to be honest. I know I barely did, but this needs to happen as well. Um, but I walked in that morning and I said, how are you doing? How's Blexi look? Where are we at? And he said, we're good to go. And I knew that his confidence and his hours and preparation, um, the other 364 days that we work at the farm, um, that was one of those days when you reap the rewards and you take it all in. And, and to this day, honestly, it's, it's still an emotional situation because that was that was a great day for our farm and our team and our clients. Um, it was just a great day. One of my mentors growing up, because I was a big uh, high school basketball girl, was Pat Summit. Pat Summit was the coach of the Lady uh, Tennessee Volunteers, um, one of the most winningest coaches of all time. Um, she grew up on a dairy farm, God love her, and she instilled that those set of values into her uh, players, each and every practice, each and every game. Um, she never, never settled for mediocrity. And I think she's one of the women in my life, although I never met her, I have her books, I have a t-shirt about her, and she's gonna show up on any presentation I ever do because she has maybe some of the greatest quotes um, of all time. And I think one of those ones that go with that is winners are not born, they are self-made. You know, and I think that definitely encapsulates what Tom and I are and what this farm is about. And I think when I hire and work with young, younger women or women at the farm is that, you know, you're gonna learn how to wash tails just as much as you're gonna lead Blexi to, you know, go to the show ring just as much as Cheers. Um, but yet you're gonna go scrub a box all well in an afternoon when you have time. So I think it's all about preparation and success. And, and I think it, success is a project that is always under construction. Um, Tom and I are always looking to improve and our employees need to always learn from us. And we are always on a constant um, wanting to learn more and, and always trying to do our very best every day. And we expect that from our employees as well. Sometimes I think it's harder to stay on top, to make the climb than it is to stay on top. And that's where I think when I work with our employees in terms of setting goals for the farm and for them, it's, you know, we've been very blessed to have a lot of success in the show ring and a lot of success working with great cows and classification and so forth, you know, and, and we strive to continue to keep that bar high with our business. Um, but it's not easy, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, we set goals, we try to hire the right employees that understand what we do. Um, we challenge ourselves in terms of we never stop learning. And we'll share that knowledge with our employees, whoever wants to listen and, and learn it as well. How do you maintain these employees? Once you get them, how do we maintain them? And I think that's a big part of our um, you know, business model as well, because you know, once we get the right people here, how do we keep them here? And I think there's seven points to this that, 
that make a huge difference of working for our firm, maybe compared to others. Um, again, number one is they're paid well. My, my employees know probably each and every day that they are appreciated. I listen to them when they need to talk. They are promoted within. I have a young gal from Iowa right now that started at, she wasn't even 21 yet. Um, she started as an intern and now she is my barn manager and she works. I kind of joke that she's Tom's second wife because they work together just as much as him and I do. And, and her and I have an amazing relationship and I'm very, very blessed for that. Um, I involve them in decisions. I want to hear what they have to say just as much as what Tom and I have to say, even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's still our farm and our animals and our clients, but, you know, they'll still be involved in decision-making. We mentor our employees from the day of hire um, and we challenge them every day. The cool part about working for us is we like to have fun. You have to, you know, we have that work hard, play hard type of motto. So you'll see, you know, a picture of three gals sitting in kayaks. Last, last summer, we rented a lake house for the weekend and we rotated employees back and forth and they were allowed to come up for a day, day and a half and spend the day with us. I made them dinner, you know, we had drinks. We just, you know, you have to have small perks and have fun. Um, even though we expect them to work hard and take care of the farm while we're gone. Um, I've always told my employees that we are in a marriage. They are in a marriage with each other and we need to make this marriage work. So with marriage comes communication. You learn to say please and thank you. You learned, I, it's not probably every single day I tell at least one employee, if not more, that they did a really good job and I mean it. And if they didn't, let's talk about how they can do it better next time. I like to make my employees laugh. Um, when that song came, comes on in the radio uh, in the barn, you're gonna catch Kelly call dancing down the alleyway because I'm gonna put a smile on my employee's face. And I think the biggest thing back, back to the relationship portion of it is, you know, if they make a mistake or something happens or they're late for work or whatever is you have to forgive and move on. That's part of a good, healthy relationship. Life is too short to hold grudges you need to talk about the instance and move on because it's, it's just all part of life. I'm also a very big believer, um, male or female employees, that they need to have their own time off. They need to go reset and refresh. Anything that has to do with their family, because a lot of our employees are not local, so they have a distance to drive or they need to fly home or whatever the case is, Family time is important. I don't know if I've ever said no to an employee who has asked for time off if it is in regards to their family. And I'll give you an example. A few years back, we had a gal that had a family wedding the day of World Dairy Expo Holstein Cow Show. She attended the wedding. She was my barn manager at the time. And you know what? Family is that important, even if it means the day of the Holstein show at Expo. And for us, that's our biggest day of the year usually. But hey, that's part of life. That's part of life's journey. And we allowed her to go home for that. And that was important. I think everyone needs something to look forward to. If they have a trip they want to go on with their friends or their family, um, I think they should go do that because I think that just keeps them happy and it keeps them motivated. 
And I think having good quality friendships and relationships off the farm is good for your soul. I really do. My final thoughts are for us, it's all about building a strong team. You know, I'm a big Packer fan. There's no, there's no question. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan and I'm a big Packer fan. And yes, I was very disappointed this year, but I believe that when you have that right team, things can go well. And I think that everyone has uh, something they bring to the table that they're very good at, their skill set. And I think it starts with recognizing those skills and then enhancing those skills. I think that as employers, we need to cultivate our relationships with each individual team member. Um, I think that is important to our business's success because they have to have confidence in what they do every day so that we can, uh, you know, take that and go with it in terms of, you know, whether it's an AI breeding, whether it's breeding heifers for a flush, whether it's, uh, you know, getting ready for a show, you know, they all have things that they're very good at. And we try to take that and go with it as much as we can. Again, making them feel appreciated, mentoring them, leading by example. And even after they decide to leave Bud John and move on to bigger and better things, whether it's getting married, whether they choose another job or whatever that case is, it is imperative to Tom and I that we be a reference for them, that we remain friends, and that we maintain that relationship just as much as we maintained it when they were working for us. Again, I want to say thank you, and it has been a true pleasure being a part of this panel today. Thank you so much, Kelly. And our final presenter today is Laura Daniels. Laura is a proven organizational leader with executive level experience and a background in dairy nutrition and on-farm management. For 15 years, Laura served as a general manager of her dairy, Hartwood Farm. She was in charge of operations and crop production for the 300 cow Jersey herd. She also has 20 years of experience in the feed industry with both regional feed manufacturers and a multinational industry leader. Now, Laura advises fellow farmers and ag business owners in the areas of team building, leadership development, management practices, and strategic planning with Hitchpin, her coaching and consulting firm. She's also an accomplished professional speaker, sharing her messages on resiliency, business culture, and entrepreneurship across the nation. Laura founded Dairy Girl Network in 2013 to help fellow dairy women across the United States connect and succeed, and she currently serves as a president today. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Thanks so much, Kim. So, okay, so the beginning of every presentation, you're supposed to tell a little about yourself. And I usually, to be honest, skip right past this because I think that there's so much more important things that we can talk about, like how are we going to move women forward? How are we going to make it happen? I, I end up being very outside of myself. And then I I realized some people have no idea what I have done. And I'm kind of on this thing right now where I'm encouraging women to share more about their path because if we are going to inspire other women, they need to know the steps that we've taken. So Kelly, especially, what a great job of going through all those lessons, all those pivotal moments. I really appreciate that. And I think we need to do more of that. So here we go. <laughs> this is my path. 
I graduated from UW-Madison. I too was a dairy judge. I didn't get the chance to, to win World Dairy Expo, but did get the chance to win the Pennsylvania Dairy Show as a dairy judge. Anyway, I had so many incredible experiences uh, in my time at UW-Madison. I graduated from there with a dairy science and ag journalism degree, much like, much like Peggy with the Ag J there. And my first job out of school was with Cargill Animal Nutrition. And what an important place to start uh, with a large multinational company, lots of training opportunities, lots of understanding what goes into making big business run smoothly. I couldn't have chose a better place to start. So then in 2002, after five years with Cargill, I moved over to a company that probably had a much better vibe for me personally at the time. And that was Vita Plus. I had so many connections from my days at UW-Madison that people had, who were leaders at Vita Plus, one of my great mentors, Sharon Brantmeyer, was really the one who got me to come on over to the team at Vita Plus. But it was also a great opportunity for me to advance my career because not only did I do dairy nutrition, I also got to answer some tech questions, which was really interesting and helped push me to continue to grow as a dairy nutritionist. And I was the dairy marketing manager. This was a great opportunity for me to use those ag journalism, those communication skills, and to touch on the creativity that I couldn't really use with my time at Cargill. It also meant a move closer to home. My husband and I decided we were going to put our money where our mouth was. Uh, we were going to see if the good advice that we were giving to other producers, if we can make it work for ourselves. And so in 2005, we bought uh, our farm and uh, it, it was called, it is called Hartwood Farm. And I became the general manager of our dairy operation. Over the years, it grew to about 300 cows, plus all of our heifers. It was a cool farm, the way we managed our dairy. Uh, we did rotational grazing in addition to a high quality stored feed, uh, kind of a hybrid system. It uh, created a great milk market for us. And you know, the farm really gave me the chance to do exactly what I had always hoped I would be able to do. So go fast forward to 2012. I decided to leave Vita Plus and moved on to Star Blends, which was a smaller company in a very accelerated growth phase focused on feed manufacturing. So in a way, it really took me back to my roots at, at Cargill, where I learned a lot about how to make feed in a feed mill and what goes into all of those commodities and how to monitor the quality and how to measure shrink. Uh, a lot of the things we also do on dairy farms, I had the chance to do a lot more of that at Star Blends. I was part of the leadership team as well, where I was part of interviewing the people who would help to continue the accelerated growth of that company. I had the chance to serve as a sales manager and business development manager. Uh, I really wore a lot of different hats and had a, a really big impact on building the culture of a company that was very focused on building a great culture. So my time at Star Blends was, was amazing and important. Um, also, for shortly after that, 
Dairy Girl Network happened 2013. Uh, there's a long story and lots of great people who were side by side with me, Christy Pagel, just to name one, um, who helped make that happen. And Dairy Girl Network, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment, but it is such an example of when you have energy coming from every direction around a great idea, what can happen? And, uh, and I am still amazed at what Dairy Girl Network has become since 2013 when we started that. In 2018, I decided to leave Star Blends and hang up my own shingle. That is when I started part-time in, in a limited uh, role. I started Hitchpin Consulting, which is my coaching and consulting company. Because I was still managing our dairy and because I spent a lot of time as a volunteer at Dairy Girl Network, I wasn't able to put as much time into that as, as, uh, as what I would have liked. And so this is the part of the story where I am so happy I can tell you I don't cry anymore. <laughs> um, just this past November, my family decided it was time for us to sell our beautiful herd of Jersey cows and time for all of us to put more time and energy into pursuing new dreams. And, uh, and we have done that. We're developing our beef herd and I'm so excited about that. Even though I miss my cows every single day. And when that green grass starts growing again, like you can see in the photo here in, in the slide, um, I, I, know, I know those days will be hard, but uh, we have new dreams to pursue. And so 2021, here we are. I am going all in on Hitchpin and I have a lot of really great ideas. And I know that the passion that I've always had for dairy, um, that that passion that I fed into the cows will now be fed into people. And I really look forward to that. And I also look forward to continuing my, my efforts with Dairy Girl Network. So this, this is Frisky. This is my first show calf. In that picture, that little dork is 11 years old. And I always try to incorporate this sense, this where it started, because I believe each and every one of you who is watching this presentation, you have that moment when you knew you were going to stay in the dairy business or you were going to find a way into the dairy business. And some of us got real lucky, uh, like many of the women on this call, on this panel, and it happens when you were young. And that's my mom standing next to, side, next to me. And she has always been my true believer and fellow cow lover. And she made sure I had this show calf. At the time, we did not live on a farm. And, um, and everything changed uh, once I had this experience in my life. And I, it's just a reminder to all of you, that spark that started your passion is real. And that is your power. And it is every day of the week right there for you. And because the work is hard on farm, the work is hard serving farmers, sometimes we need to remember where our spark first came from so we can go back and reignite it. And so that is a little bit about me. Now on to Dairy Girl Network. Connect, inspire, achieve. This is what we do. 
if you're watching this and you're in the dairy business in the U.S., I'm feeling pretty sure you've heard of Dairy Girl Network. You've seen our hot pink color. You've seen our logo somewhere. And if you haven't had the chance to interact with any of our programming or if you're not a member of Exchange by Dairy Girl Network, which is our online community through Facebook, you need to just go do a search for Exchange by Dairy Girl Network and join because we have more than 5,000 women who are all in. They are on farm, they are owners, they are managers, they are calf feeders, they are machinery technicians, they are also professionals who are installing data in parlors and are veterinarians and are working in labs where they're helping monitor milk quality, or they are scientists. They are every different role within the dairy business that uh, that impacts what we do. And so I want to start talking a little bit more about what I see as what we can do to help move women forward with a quote from Margie from Farm Her. I am so lucky to call Margie a, a personal friend and a, a fellow entrepreneur who is all about helping move women in agriculture forward. And of course, Margie and I have a lot in common and, um, and our passion for women is, is women empowerment really is, is one of those things. And Margie has said many times, and that's why she started taking those beautiful photos is because if you can see it, you can do it. And many of you see women working hard on farm, either uh, as, as primary farmers or, or as people serving farmers every day. You get to see that because you are one. And maybe you've built a team where you have fellow women uh, working beside you. But in many areas, uh, a woman who wants to start serving farms as an AI technician or as a dairy cattle nutritionist, or she wants to get a job on farm as a calf manager or a parlor manager or as a milker, she might be the only woman who is there. And we need to remember that that still happens. There are plenty of times where you could find yourself as the only woman in the room. And that is why it's important that we keep showing it. We keep making sure that those women can see it. The young women, the women who are starting their second career and they need to believe they can be a farmer. We need to help them. And so I added these pictures that we have collected at Dairy Girl Network uh, to this presentation. And you can see all the different roles that women are serving. And these pictures capturing their passion is so important because I know when I look at these photos, I feel so driven to help them. I am driven to remove barriers in front of them. Whether those barriers are in their own belief in themselves that they can do it, or the barrier is the farm that they work on has no maternity policy. We can do better. We can help each other succeed. And by seeing the faces of our fellow dairy women, I hope you feel inspired to do that too. And I leave it on this last photo because, you know, at the end of the day, this woman taking notes at this conference, she is showing up. She is there to learn. 
She is not sitting back on her cell phone. No, she is pushing herself to learn more so she can go back to her farm and she can do more. And that is what, to me, Dairy Girl Network is all about. And that is the message of um, helping our fellow dairy women move ahead, whatever that is, however they choose. And so see and be seen. This is something I think we need to be more intentional about. And the reason why I told a little more about my background in the beginning here, because if we don't have examples of women to look to, then maybe we forget that, yeah, there should be a woman on that panel discussion. Wait a minute. Why isn't there a woman on that board of directors? What's going on here? And I have lots of thoughts about what we can do to encourage that and how we can help those first women, uh, the pioneers, truly. There are still pioneers, how we can help them be more effective. We need to see them and we need to be seen. And I just use this photo, see the other women around you, empower them, amplify them. These women, they might have turned down the opportunity to speak on this panel. Maybe some of them felt really nervous. Actually, I know they did, but they did it anyway because someone saw that they had potential. Someone saw that they had important information and encouragement that could help another. And so they stepped up. Someone saw them, asked them, and they believed in themselves. This is big. I also urge you to let yourself be seen. Like just seeing this picture of myself makes me feel like, but you know what? Get over it. We need to get over it. You have something to share. You all are an expert. Like the women on this panel, you are an expert at something. Allow yourself to be seen. Share your story. It is important for the young women within the dairy business to see you as an example. And if you are one of those younger women, finding a way through your first job or through that first interview or through your degree, looking forward to finding your place, allow yourself to be seen. You have something to show us too. Put yourself out there. You will be amazed at the support and the encouragement you will find. Promise, I promise. And so at Dairy Girl Network, our job, why we exist is to reach women across the nation with messages just like that. You can do it. And we also are working hard to bring them resources, information, te uh, technology updates, um, mentoring programs. I could go on and on. And so one of the last things, the last thing that I, that I want to leave you with here is that we all need to push ourselves out of our comfort zones as women. You know, Sheryl Sandberg, of course, famously has urged us all to lean in and to stand up for ourselves and ask for our seat at the table. And that means being brave enough to stand in front of the room and deliver your idea, or brave enough to get off the farm and be one of those women in the seats. And so I ask you to be that brave. Um, I also ask you to urge the companies that you lead, the companies that you work for, to make space, right? If as women, we're supposed to lean in 
then we need the companies who employ us and the companies we own and operate to make space. Both have to happen. We can't do it by leaning in alone and they can't do it by making space that none of us will step into. I would say also that organizations like Dairy Girl Network, our job is to nudge both, to nudge the women, to stand up and take the seat and to nudge those companies to keep moving ahead. Because if we are going to make our dairy community sustainable, just sustainable for the future, we need all the ideas, we need all the voices, and in order to do that, we need all the faces. I look forward to questions and answers next. Okay, thank you, Laura, so much. And thank you to all of you for your presentations today. Now, the four of you have very different paths, but you're all quite successful. And some people watching may be thinking, well, I could never be like them. But we all know that no success comes easily. So can you give us an example of a significant obstacle that you have faced in your career and really how you overcame it? I think start with who should I pick on? We'll start with you, Laura. You can go first. Okay. Significant obstacle. You know, we've all been coached how to answer this kind of question in an interview. And you're supposed to say something like, I meet challenge head on. I love challenge. It's okay. I'm used to it. But you know what? I'm just going to be a little more honest. <laughs> um, uh, about halfway through my career, I had a coworker who was not supportive of women. And it just shocked me because I hadn't made it all the way through UW-Madison, uh, internships at four different companies, Cargill, where you would think if I was going to run into a man who would, who would not think women should be there, I mean, I don't know, you know, but it, it didn't happen there. It never happened there. It happened later. And, um, and I was just so taken back. But what I realized is that that experience was critical for me as the leader of a women's organization, because what a charmed life I had led that I made it halfway through my career with ever, without ever facing that. And not everyone is so blessed. And having the experience was important to me to understand it still happens and what you can do when it does. And I have to say, it, um, I, I talked to leadership and I called this person out often, privately at first, later in front of other people because he just could not see it. And eventually I left the company. And that is what will happen if we don't make sure we hire the right people. And eventually that organization did fire that person, but it took a long time. And a lot of great people were gone before that happened. So I see that as an example that it can still happen. And I knew that we would get real answers today from the four of you. Kelly. I think the, I think the biggest obstacle that I, um, I don't want to even know if it's an obstacle so much as it's more equality, um, that 
you know, when people think of Bajan, do they think of Tom or do they think of Tom and Kelly? And, you know, I think that there are going to be certain people who will always resonate to Tom because, um, you know, he handles more of the cattle sales and so forth. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I don't mind stepping back. I don't have to be involved in every scenario that comes up at the farm in terms of sales or, you know, people who want to come see the farm or a potential client and so forth. But I will say that I try to understand, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't, I understand my place when it comes to our farm and our relationship and our working relationship, but I also want the respect as well, because I work just as hard as Tom. I have been part of this farm for just as long, even though my last name was not called. Um, I believe that I've put in the hour and the dedication and and I don't run into that a lot, but I definitely have people who would rather, you know, talk and speak and work with Tom versus myself. And, and that's okay. But I just kind of I shake their hand just as firmly as Tom would shake it. And I definitely involve myself where needed. Um, if asked my input, I want to be a part of it. But, you know, I think it's always, you know, Tom is still the CEO and I'm kind of his VP, but you know, we definitely work together on some of that. And that's the only thing is just to have the respect both ways. Peggy. To follow up on some of the thoughts that Laura and Kelly have shared, I think one of the things that I've maybe ran into from an editorial seat is, uh, is being taken seriously as a woman, especially in, you know, in my first beginning years in journalism. Um, sometimes people would make comments that, that maybe they didn't expect me to ask them real questions um, after their interviews were completed, <laughs> questions that actually pertain to specific things on their farms. And, and kind of my takeaway from that and what I would share with other women is that sometimes it can be really tempting to want to prove your knowledge or your skill or your value by telling people how much you know. Um, but what I've kind of learned, at least at, in a journalism seat, is that it's, it's almost more effective um, to just ask really good questions of the person that, for example, I'm interviewing or for those in the sales position for as you're getting to know the farm that you're working on. Um, by really knowing their operation, by knowing, um, knowing your field, knowing the details of the, you know, whatever area it is that you're working in, and not just coming there to tell them what you know, but to use your knowledge to just really ask good questions. And I guess I found that to be an effective way to establish some credibility as not just the young journalist, which not as young as I used to be, but once was that young journalist that would come out to the farm and maybe there was an assumption that I, I didn't know um, I wouldn't ask them the tough questions. Um, but uh, another thing that I was thinking about listening to the other women talk here is there, there are times that I think we can probably all identify with having been treated a little bit differently by men in our field. Um, and I don't wanna say that this happens often, um, but it's certainly from time to time, uh, you think, hmm, you get in situations where you wonder, would, my colleagues, Walter, Dave, have ever had the experience of sitting across the table from someone that comments about their appearance or that um, refers to them, you know, as a sweetheart or honey or um, 
making, you know, kind of comments like that. And, and I think the best way to deal with those situations is to kind of, you know, I don't want to say blissful ignorance, but to not play into them and to just keep that hat of confidence and professionalism um, plowing through those situations. Um, because, you know, wh whether you're in the journalism seat or the sales seat or whatever, whatever service you're doing on the farm, you're not, you're not there to be, um, to be talked at in that way or to be treated differently than your male colleagues. And Joan. Yeah, just thinking about this, um, I, I'm thinking of something that wasn't so much an obstacle, uh, but a challenge that we all met this year with COVID. It changed everything we did <laughs> in marketing, for sure. May not have changed a lot on the farm for our customers. So they're used to working alone. But when we all had to work from home, um, I have a team that I needed to motivate. Um, and inspire and brainstorm remotely like the, like we are today on a Zoom call wasn't all that easy. Um, in the midst of it, I had lost my mother who who did was in a nursing home but got COVID and and deal with that when some people said that COVID was a hoax and 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 not serious. And as a woman, you know, being strong through all of that um, without you know, showing emotions and, and plugging along. Um, it was, it was probably the biggest challenge of my career of, you know, dealing with, with this year um, with the COVID situation, but, you know, you always come out stronger on the other side because all the things we're doing digitally is probably the future of our marketing. It's the way we're going to continue business. So within you know, challenges, there's always, you know, a new tomorrow, the way you're going to face the, the next day ahead. Well, my thanks to the four of you today for joining us and sharing your individual stories. Uh, your expertise and experience are certainly inspirational to all women in agriculture. And don't forget to subscribe to the Bova News channel on YouTube. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today with us, and we'll see you next time on another edition of Bova News. Thank you.